And we are back. Another instant one of the Super Metal Brothers here on the our podcast. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Dan. All right, Dan. That's awesome. And we're here to talk to you about all things that are metal. Danny, you must be excited from the Wicked Metal that we are about to have. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. I mean, another great, interesting, involving uh, week of metal news. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so basically, if you're first time listening to us, we're the Super Metal Brothers. We talk about metal and anything around it. So, for example, for tonight, we've got the headlines we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Justin Bieber being the new face of metal. And we're going to review the latest Aborted album, which is Retro Gore. Danny, being an Aborted fan yourself, what do you think about that? Oh, I've been looking forward to this all week. That all like the brownies that mum made for dessert. Either or, it's been fantastic. Yeah, they have been unreal, all right? So let's get straight into these headlines. Start off with a returning uh, person. Can you believe it? Ozzy, he's made the news in the Super Metal, Bro- Super Metal Brothers podcast again. Can you believe? Oh, I can't believe it. We're quite boring people and we really like Ozzy. And I, well, look, to be fair, if he keeps making headlines, we'll keep speaking about these headlines. He's only got a certain amount of time before he retires, so we've got to get as much in as we possibly can. Yeah, so funny enough, uh, he's actually been put into uh, into rehab and a lot of people were thinking, oh, it's about time he's got rid of that drug addiction of his. But uh, funny enough, this isn't even about drugs, Danny. It must be about alcohol then. It's not even alcohol. Get out of the third guess. Uh, last week you mentioned him snorting urine, so I'm guessing to stop his urine snorting. Funny enough, he can continue his urine addiction, but what he must be treated, according to sources, is that he has a sex addict. Oh, is so that even a real condition, like, well, honestly? For him, it must be, and actually, obviously, with between him and his wife and chasing hairdressers right now, mm. between, you know, his obsession with drugs and alcohol, having chlamydia, how is he alive, Danny? Oh, yeah, I think uh, that's that's probably why he's gone back. It's not actually rehab. The military's actually caught him and actually doing tests on him because technically he's out done his expiry by a long ways, I think. Yeah, I think when the big day for him comes to uh, to knock on the pearly white gates, I'm not going to be... I'm either going to be really, really sad or I'm going to be really, really surprised. Yeah, this guy, there's just no stopping him. He's like Hulk Hogan of the uh, metal industry. Yeah, I think like him and like Cliff Richards here have a bit of a bet on who can outlive each other whilst making sure they live every day to the fullest. Too something to die. Well, Ozzy, you know, hope you uh, fight that and you go back to uh, back to normal in no time. Um, uh, this is obviously the end of his career or t- t- towards it, as we t- covered last week. So, this is going to be it for Black Sabbath, and maybe it might be it for his uh, yeah his hairdressing days. Oh, yeah. I mean, is that even that has to be a week by now. I'm like us two fellas. We can we we barely have a strand of hair between us. We're now. You know, certain age. Absolutely, absolutely. This, this guy, he's near the end. He still has a full set of hair that long. Come on. That's, that's our problem, Danny. We needed to hit the drugs more. You know, that drugs. was, you know, they, they taught us at school not to do it and we lost our hair. We stressed out and look where we are right now. Yeah, apparently. Doing a podcast. Apparently, caffeine doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> doing a podcast in a, in a, in a let's call it a interesting. Great attitude. All right, well, to our second story, Dan, this is a really, really interesting thing. The new, basically, we've got this band called Baby Metal. Now, if you don't know what Baby Metal is, Baby Metal is a combination of what J pop meets metal. Now, a lot of people are like, well, what does J pop sound like? Well, J pop sounds like if your favorite uh, Japanese schoolgirl got caught by the tentacle monster and the sounds it should make. What's a tentacle monster? For the love of God, you need to stop asking me these questions. I'm just here as a metal brother doing my show. I really can't handle the stress. Danny, get me out of this. Uh, yeah, I was assuming you would cut yourself off a bit soon before that. But I think we'll go back to the original point on Baby Metal is pretty much a mixture of schoolgirls singing with pretty decent riffs, to be fair. It's yeah, you know good. who else likes hentai uh, music? Uh, no, I don't. Who, Rob man? Zombie and Lamb of God. Yeah, Rob Zombie, I understand him liking that. He's pretty, he's pretty twisted. But Lamb of God, yeah, why not? 
Well, here's the thing. Uh, Rob Zombie came to the defense. He's been taking on trolls left and right on the Twitter. He, anyone who comes up to Rob Zombie saying, how could you like him? He's slapping her right back down. And because of it, even Lamb of God have jumped to the defense of, uh, of Baby Metal. Danny, what have you heard of Baby Metal? Are you familiar with it? Are you unfamiliar with it? Have you noticed the waves they're making? Mm. Have you seen a stage production? What do you know about it? I, to be fair, I'm not the biggest uh, follower or fan of baby metal in the sense that I don't buy their albums but I have listened to a couple of their songs and again the the riffs are quite good the singing is quite a contrast you know if, if you yes. depends what part of the song you cut into you just think you're listening to play school or if you cut to the other part like you're listening <laughs> to like I don't know the school of hard knocks it's, it's, it's great you've got such a a mixture of happy of happy songs as well, almost punk inspired, and then you got stuff like Ronda or Nightmare, which is literally this dark, brooding, groovy riff. Uh, but like you said, Danny, anytime it comes back, you have these girls who just bring it up to give you that lightness about it. But the stage production they have, guys, you yeah. need to go to YouTube and see these guys live. They have everything. They have the best stages in metal right now, and probably probably deserve it. Really, they've done really quite well for themselves. Got them in the niche market in such a uh, you know heavy, heavy sound. Yeah, yeah. And I give credit to any pretty much metal band who can make it mainstream to the sense they actually made it on, I believe it was um, Stephen Colbert's show. They did. Mm. I think it was. So uh, congratulations to Baby Metal. You know, we're fans. Um, you know, even though we're not the biggest, we'll definitely keep it going, guys. We want to hear more. And I think they might even have an album. We might even review it. What do you reckon, Danny? Oh, yeah, why not? I mean, we, we go start broadening horizons and really following uh, these these unique bands. It could, hey, it could be the next wave of metal. It could be like... Yeah. All the kids uh, want to like get into the J-pop. All right, so if you've got any other questions or you want to get us to, to you know review a baby metal album, please go up to our Facebook or Twitter and uh, hit us a line on the uh, good old Super Mario Bros. Uh, Danny, next story. You're going to love this one. Metal Sucks is looking for a moderator. Have you wanted to get into the industry of heavy metal but didn't know how to start, Danny? Uh, yes, Matthew. That's why we're doing this podcast. No, <laughs> right you are. But for those who don't have a job, like us strapping young lads, bowling, but strapping young lads. Yeah, like Devin Townsend. That's really clever, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, metal fans will get that. Yeah, if wow. you don't get what it, Devin Townsend? just look up Devin Townsend, strapping young lad, you'll get that joke. We'll, wait, we'll wait. No, we'll wait, Matt. But basically, no. if you don't know what a moderator is, a moderator goes to anything that they've got a thread on. So, like, they have an article, and at the bottom of it, they have they let their fans run loose and they give their 20 cents worth. Basically, it's like a Facebook, like, every day. But interesting is that Metal Sucks is looking for one, and they have very strict guidelines on what they want, Danny. For, for an industry that prides itself on talking about things like death, suicide, uh, uh, violence, yeah, whatever the greed. Lyrics, the lyrics on a boarded album, yeah, pretty much that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to basically open up any aborted or Cannibal Corpse album, and you get pretty familiar with there is no subject to be untouched, and nothing that hasn't been said that could possibly offend the most stringent of bikey guys in the world so why do you think they would need a, a moderator yeah that's a good question uh unless it's like a sponsorship deal that maybe the people funding them don't want that maybe they're just dare i say becoming soft or maybe they think this is a good way to get publicity and getting people angry enough to like just keep pounding their comment section you know well you know i was kind of curious so i wanted to actually put it up on on and their actual comment thread for this but uh, they've closed it so funny enough that's how you solve your problem oh, that's brilliant i want that job i don't have to do shit that's it so all you have to do guys is just go there cancel the thread and there you go no one can say anything bad to anyone else because they got nowhere doing it 
This is pretty good, actually. Yeah, I like this. This is like a the climate change party uh, for the liberals. They I, f- I feel like we're solving more problems being on this show. I think the world needs more Super Brothers ideas. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like we we might not progress society for, but we'll sure make it difficult for you to get your <laughs> <laughs> problems out there. Absolutely. So there you go, guys. Uh, if you want that job, next story though, Danny, you're gonna love this. Mm. Guy gets married, right? And he sits down in this chair in front of his wife. His wife, look, I've got a surprise for you. And down comes this monitor, and on this monitor are his favorite bands and they are wishing him a happy wedding danny what do you think is there any bands that you have an idea that wish that they could wish you off on your special day uh when i get married for so many questions uh you have to have Celine Dion, like, to be oh. serious. I mean, you have to be somewhat romantic. Absolutely. But I know, metal guys wish you happy marriage. Oh, I don't know if that's that's the way to go. But look, to be fair, going back to what his wife did to organize, like, it was not just one band. It was three bands who all wished the, um, the husband and the uh, or the husband-to-be and the bride there a uh, happy wedding day. It's, it's quite amazing. And it's, like, it's great, really good how they did it, where they had a split screen where you see his face and you see the bands pop up. And I don't think his eyebrows got any higher. I think yeah. even, I think even Cher was jealous on how high his eyebrows got. Yeah, it's like basically no way. And then the next man was like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> like, no way. <laughs> hey, that's the guy that was your wedding to is my name. Hey, that's amazing. Yeah, he saw that. It's just, that's exactly what you want. I mean, like, what a perfect way to have the most brutal wedding of all time. You, it's guaranteed to last. Like, you know, when you have capital decapitation and, and de- you know, even decapitated it themselves, you know, they actually shred for him. They actually play some guitar for yeah, him. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Like, you know, there, there is nothing. There is no wedding in the history of existence that could ever, ever ever match it yeah I mean oh, that that's fantastic the wife did it but you gotta give props to the uh, bands you like in their own time one of the guys some guys are waiting at the airport yeah and they and like, nah you know it will do it for our fan because it means a lot you know it probably didn't cost them anything but they just helped the fans out so it was really nice yeah I would love to see you know if if when I get that day where the, my, the lucky guy comes up to me and puts a <laughs> ring on my finger good luck these knuckles are terrible <laughs> by the way but, um, you know, if he can get Jeff Loomis to come down and be like, hey, this is Jeff Loomis here, and I just wanted to wish you a, a happy wedding, I'll be like, oh, my God, it's Jeff Loomis. <laughs> Matt, I wrote the solo for you. That's awesome, Jeff. If he came in there, that's a problem, though, because if you actually got him in there, dude, he'd be whisking me away, marriage would be over, and I'd be yeah. like, yeah, for wherever. <laughs> yeah, you might not even want to do that. You might That might be a cheap wedding if you elope. It'd, yeah. be a, it'd be a Celine Dion day every day with Jeff Loomis so there you go guys please go and check this out it is the greatest love story of all time better than Cinderella oh, I think so it's got metal in it so anything metal makes things better they are Disney giving you another idea that's two new ideas tonight from the Super Metal Brothers guy we need to start painting us ideas really don't yeah, well, people will listen to us and they can, like, second our motions. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we're going to talk about now a band who's been signed again, which is fantastic news. This is Dimmy Borgia. Danny, Dimmy Borgia, if you don't know who they are, Symphonic Meadow is basically like having your favorite TV show kids program thrown together with a truck of immovable force, really. It's just, like, heavy and light and just bleh, bleh. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're probably one of the pioneers of the sound and they're very well known. I'm... Um, they got the classic look and you know, the course bay and the spike wrist like you do, but yeah. they're, they're very great songs. I mean, they're great wrists. Uh, they yep. tie well together. They're very diverse. Yeah, they have um, 
nice like piano playing into as well. They did a really poor cover of a Deep Purple oh, song, but atrocious. Hey, ignore that. The rest is actually uh, very. It's decent. amazing, like the, the lightest song they're probably ever going to cover. It was probably one of the things that just showed them that their safest zone is when it's brooding, and and, and that's, that that song's got a very heavy riff too. Yeah. So for them to Mr. Mark is kind of like, Phew. yeah. For those who are playing at home, it's uh, they covered Perfect Strangers, not not the uh, the. F- was it the anthem of the uh, TV show? Perfect Strange from Deep Purple. So Yeah, I guess the only thing I'm disappointed with Demi Boogie signing is that old man's child now. This dream of having the follow-up to Slaves of the World being continued, this legacy of amazing CDs may not come as close as we hope because unfortunately, yeah, he never signed back to Century Media, which is devastating which if you don't know Golda the lead guitarist in Old Man's Child joined Demi Boogie and he was doing both at the same time Old Man's Child being superior in every way don't listen to what the critics say <laughs> but um, unfortunately yeah I can't see this album happening Danny oh uh, well, you know good things come to those your way and maybe this maybe we can start spreading rumours like Golda's not happy and he prefers Old Man's Child you know we can slowly uh, right. plant the seed of doubt you know yeah we need to lose his confidence and then we can refound it again with a wedding yeah, with the that's right. Yeah. We get Golda to come back for like someone's wedding. So someone we need needs to get married so Golda can make a comeback. Absolutely. Um, and before we finish our news state, we do want to uh, touch on a little bit of sad news. Nick Menza, the ex drummer of Megadeth and an artist, very much been in his own bands as well, did pass away at the age of fifty-one on stage. Danny, uh, a bit of rough news to head us out for the uh, segment. Yeah, it's um, oh, it's very sad. When I mean, he's quite young, early fifties as well, and he played a big part, especially in the Rust and Peace album. It's one of those uh, metal albums that everybody must have, everybody must listen to, even if you're not a metal fan. It's just a, a yeah. great album. Um, from Meg, that's Megadeth. If people don't know who that album's from, yeah, uh, yeah, but it, it was great. I mean, you know, it's one of those bittersweet things. Some may say, you know, he he died what he loved doing, but some may say, well, he he had much more to offer us. So. Uh, times like this, all you can do is just think that we were lucky enough to be blessed by him and he was able to um, give us what he did when he was alive. So we thank him for that. Oh, and absolutely. Like That's like what you were saying, Dane. Rust in Peace is one of those albums that is so influential. It's one of the thrash albums of all time. You know, It's just standing on its own. And the subsequent albums after that, Counter Extinction and Euthanasia are very popular. You know, It's when... You could easily say that Dave Mustaine starts to resound his voice a little bit too, so it's not as grady. Literally, everything gets a lot smoother and just really shuggy. And so, obviously, developing the latest sound that they started to get right now, which incorporates more rock and stuff like that. Yeah, and no, that's great. And like everybody's been been mourning regarding this. It always comes as a shock. So, we just like to have a big shout out to his family and friends and send our condolences and wish yeah. the best for them. Well, I'm a little bit bummed out. So, what about we lift it up, Danny? We're saying that's going to piss people off. Yeah, sure. We really need a distraction. I don't think there's a bigger distraction than this like news story. Well, here we go, guys. Our feature presentation. And this is a very, very weird subject to talk about. And we don't even know if it's true. It doesn't seem to be making its way around the interwebs. But what it is doing is creating a polarizing opinion, Danny. Well, it is. I mean, to be fair, you might not... It's not getting around too much, more so because Justin Bieber's fans don't really know what metal is. But to be fair, he actually put it on, I think, his Twitter page or something that he's like going to be the new face of yeah. Headbangers Ball. And, oh. and he said something like, I'm going to bring the cool back to the show or something. I was like, well, yeah, cool. All right, cool. so here we go, guys. The, just so Daniel did a little bit of spoiler for you. So the the article is Justin Bieber, the new face of heavy metal. That's what we did. Our article is much more better as an idea. Yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. But from metal, heavy, heaviermetal.net, um, basically it's the return of Headbangers Ball. If you don't know what Headbangers Ball, it was probably the closest thing we can have to a uh, video hits for metal. Really? Yeah, it was pretty much when the... M standard for music and MTV and right. TV actually standard for TV, not this 
oh, reality shit we're just on <laughs> at the moment. Seriously. But the thing is, obviously, if you don't, you know, you are familiar with Justin Bieber. And he's going to be, when they return, he will be the face, the presenter of this new show. So he'll be doing all the cool interviews with the bands. He'll be doing like all the th- things about it. Now, for some people, Danny, this has been uh, a very angry because they know what Justin Bieber's like. You know, he's the guy who spits on his fans or the guy who rocks up late to gigs or just a guy who's just a bit of a douchebag. You know, that's and almost like the point where metal guys are like, this is why we're counterculture. is because yeah. we don't want to have, you know, these, you know, spoiled rich bags who rock up late to gigs. There's so many metal bands who would love the opportunity to play in front of 30,000 people. Yeah, it just... It becomes really annoying because I don't know how he, how strongly he can see himself a metalhead. I'm like, there's been photos of him walking around Metallica shirt, but we have tons of pop stars who do that. I mean, Demi Lovato, Millie Cyrus, and Lady Gaga, they, they walk around Iron Maiden shirts and somehow they consider themselves metalheads. Like, to be fair, Lady Gaga, that's probably true. But the other ones, it seems like it's just a trend they're going through and they're not even like Hard shirts to come past. You can go to Kmart and buy their shirts. I don't think these guys like metal. I think they're just cheap shoppers. But that's, that's the, the thing. Issue. Like we can obviously see Aaron Rant, which we're doing quite well. I must admit. Oh, yeah, but wait, the flip side of that coin is that Justin Bieber, if he comes in and he does like metal and he does actually support yeah. these bands, and he's the gateway for a lot of younger audience to get involved in metal. Like we've all had a gateway band. Like for me, I had Metallica. That was really the start when I started getting into heavy. And then I found Opeth. Then I found Soilwork. You know what I mean? And each band got me into a progressively heavier music. So what if Justin Bieber was the way of a gateway for people to get into heavy music? Even though he might be the wrong guy, but it happens for the right reason. Danny, I've never been so divided on something yeah, I thought no. I would care so little about in my whole life. Yeah. Oh, no, we care about metal. It's just uh, we don't really care about Justin Bieber. That's exactly <laughs> right. But, but can Justin Bieber be the face of heavy metal? Like we've seen, metal is so good at being resistance to, to culture. It runs opposite it. But when one of the things that people have always had the biggest crap out turns into one, and there are people inside the metal industry that don't mind Justin Bieber, but it's more about the idea of the pop industry and stuff like that, you know? Uh, when it takes 17 writers to write the next Beyonce album, you know, how do you connect with that? Whereas metalheads, you know, they'll sit inside a dungy shed, the three or four of them, you know, and they come up with the best idea possible for their artwork. Justin Bieber might not be any exception to that rule. He might be the same guy who gets 20,000 writers and three guys to scratch his bum while the other three guys make him that famous margarita that everyone's talked about. Danny, I'm, I'm just talking in circles now. Yeah, it's uh, I guess it brings up a lot of things when we were... Um younger growing up in the 90s and starting in the metal and you talk to other people like yeah no, i love metal like, oh really you love metal so what do you get into metallica oh yeah let me guess enter salmon uh yeah like oh, all right yeah please oh, continue on your stuff. way yeah, you know and that's the thing if this guy does work as a all right so the older metal guys are not gonna like him great that's gonna pump it up even more because then the younger guys might get into it and they might follow and then they might get into more metal bands and this might actually put more money into the metal industry, which I don't have a problem with because there are some criminally underrated bands that deserve the exposure that they really, really needed. Yeah, I think that that's probably a really good point. So Headbangs Ball coming onto the air will be, give a great avenue for bands to be heard and seen. It, it's just nothing. There's no real mainstream radio stations or TV shows where you actually can hear metal bands play live and yeah. even even film clips. There's no way for them to really get a film clip across apart from yeah, YouTube and they they all look like backyard jobs because 
What's yeah. the point putting money into a film clip and no one can see the film clip? So, yeah, we really want to know your kind of thoughts on this. We'll post up a thread on the Facebook after this. What are your thoughts on Justin Bieber being the face of heavy metal on the MTV show Headbangers Ball? Very curious indeed, Danny. Very curious well, indeed. Well, to be fair, there'd be one good point about this, and he could bring more of the ladies there to you the metal go, scene. There you go. As so, we all know that it's pretty much a sausage fest. Oh, well, absolutely, guys. You know, we're going to talk about this more in the next coming weeks, but for now, we'll leave this and talk about something that we really, really wanted to talk about. Yeah, the new Optimus Prime toy is going to be released really oh soon. Oh, my God. This has got a trailer, and then you put the oh. three things inside it. Da, 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 da. It but, shoots missiles and lights up, and oh, it's great. But the only thing that's more brutal than Optimus Prime is the latest aboard album called Retrogore. Yeah, Retrogore. It's um, it's quite cool. I mean, the, the title actually works into their um cover art quite well. If you flick through the book, I mean, a lot of their graphics are quite gross and are quite gory. Hence, not just because they're called Retrogore, but if you follow a lot of their albums, they have a bit of a uh, gore vibe or macabre vibe to their song lyrics and. Macabre, that's a good word. Yeah, I found Bring it. back, Danny. We went Super Metal Brother Dan, Macabre. Yeah, and I had that like word of the day toilet paper. Oh, my God. My toilet paper just says Kleenex on it. So that's the only word I know. Oh, this side up, does it say? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's really good. So retro like if you look into the uh, cover art and the book jacket or the lyric jacket or the album jacket or the jacket jacket or the suit jacket, you'll find that they actually use um, a lot of little um, retro symbols in there. Like there's a picture of Skeletor in it. Um, there's a guy who has a Nintendo, like the old NES joystick crammed into his skull, which that's, that's always a nice thing to see. So you've heard what, is, what the album looks like, but how does it sound like? Well, Danny, I can actually show them. Check this out. That's what the CD sounds like when I punch it. <laughs> that's great. It sounds like large Yorks drum kit. Oh my God, <laughs> there you go. So, but does it sound even more brutal than that? Well, let, as you know, if you checked in last week, we would like to review an album, The Super Metal Brothers Way. Now, The Super Metal Brothers Way, if you don't know, is five. Five things. You've got the riffs. Which obviously, you know, just guitar stuff, you know, yeah. whatever. Because that's what we love. Yes. Uh, the vocals, which obviously could be the singing style, could be the variations. It could just be even the lyrical themes. Mm. Diversity is number three. Do the songs change it up? Don't you love diversity? You use that one way more than you uh, would like to admit last week, didn't you? Yeah, diversity is uh, my middle name, actually. Yeah, mum doesn't know about it yet. We'll give him three before I cattle prod him. So there oh, you go. Shit. He's used one of them. <laughs> now, the next one's groove. This is like the feel or the mood. So like if you get like to bang your head or you put that grunt on your lips or you want to go out and punch your neighbor's cat. You know, they're all good things. Yeah, the don't right. override punch the neighbor's cat. <laughs> Lastly of all their production, Danny, the overall sound. This doesn't have to be just like if everything's clean and crisp because we talked about it producing, mm. but it just means how the whole thing comes together. Does it come together as a beautiful cake with those candles that glisten in the sunlight, chocolate or double layers of thick cream or jam or is it a pile of shit? Yeah, and it could be one of those annoying cakes where they bought those candles which won't blow out on there. So you just keep blowing and blowing. No Sparklers. Matter. Oh, mate. Aren't candles. No. Okay? So just like cut it out, mum. I'm sick yeah. of it. My lips still hurt from that. So let's talk about the riffs. Danny, on this album, what do you think? This is like a riff-a-roller. This is, this is, is aborted. Aborted is like we're going to have three minutes of songs, each song pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. About that. And they're going to chuck in 30,000 riffs until you... Have a, a riffgasm. Is that kind of what we agree on? Yeah, no, one of the things Board does quite well, apart from their oh, drumming's fantastic, but they do some really oh. chunky riffs. Um, not so much, not so many standout riffs as maybe the previous two albums that we've listened to, but yes, this one still here has has some very nice uh, moments into the songs. Yeah, look, I I must admit, 
there are some absolute standout songs with riffs in it. And for anyone who wants to know what aborted sound like, you need to check out Cav- Cadaverous Banquet. Now, mm, this is tasty. exactly why people love metal. This doesn't put a smile on your face. And I'm talking like the whole song. You only need to listen to the first five seconds and you get the sense of what aborted are about. This thing is... Uh, I, I just I just can't believe it's like ecstasy, but in ear form. Yeah, that must be a track three thing because last we had Necrotic Manifesto in the last album, so maybe track three is the one you have to show people. Good things coming threes. Yeah, but that's the thing about it with with the board. You get this, you get fast riff, fast riff, fast riff, slightly slower than fast riff into yeah. blistering speed. And what you get if you put Cannibal Corpse into a neutral bullet. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. You know. Yeah, just a bit more um kind of say diversity. <laughs> oh, it's true, Danny. Oh, you don't don't, go on, you don't let me get the hose again. <laughs> but let, look, there's some absolute and some absolute firecrackers include COVID and ignorance, you know that those riffs in that song with a ripping guitar soul are just headbangingly good. Um Divine Impendent in in the, Impendiment. Oh my god, this is like a tongue twister. I can't be showing up on my favorite uh, song by one of my favorite bands. But this song has got like a diversity of everything. It's got the brooding stuff. It's actually got a stretching of not only their technical side, but how they can go very, very dark with some of their riffs, but it's also heavy. Danny, is there anything on the album that stands out? Because you said it is hard, and admittedly it is. This isn't like the current manifesto where the, the riffs are more standout ish. What, what riffs kind of come to mind? Yeah, there's there's one a couple of ones where, but see, like it has like a uh, dream fear feel, feel where they'll have like a really good riff, but they only play for like eight bars, and then it goes away. Like, no, don't do that. Get get a riff and play it. Yeah, again, like track three has it. Um, track five is awesome. Yeah, track of termination. Yeah, that Redux, is Redux. I believe it's pronounced Redux. Redux. Yeah, Redux. Riftopia. It's just so insane, and the move past so fast. And that's the thing you're gonna love about Aborted or not. You know, we're not gonna say this is a bad album because of those reasons. No, this is why Aborted are as big as they are, and they played in front of what about three people and their grandma here in Adelaide. Yeah, it was great. I'm surprised that grandma came there from Belgium, but it was actually cool. Dude, it's cool. She has dementia. She was at the TV, but it, like we tell it to Hita, but like enough about our dying relatives, so it doesn't Aww. really matter. Aww. So you know, the risk is the thing. Most of the time they're on point but when it comes to later in the album it do it just feels like they're doing some of these songs in their sleep yeah i think when it hits uh track eight so which is called coven of ignorance yeah which is great it's got pitch harmonics in there which is always uh a, a blast. oh that's track eight's awesome with that guitar so but then when it comes to track nine ten and especially twelve i really feel like this the guitarist sat in front of the drummer over a nice cup of coffee and he's like Hey, um, what's what's your name? Sorry, uh, Ken. And the drummer, the drummer's name is Ken. And uh, Mandela the guitarist. Can I be Ken? No. Oh, you're never I, Ken. No, can I be Ian the guitarist? Well, All right. Mendel, yeah, let's do that. All right, I'm Ken. Yeah, I'm the drummer. No, I'm the dr- no, I'm Mendel. I'm the guitarist. You're, you're Mendel. the drummer. All right. I'm. I'm, I'm so right. I'm you're me, the drummer. Right? Oh, oh my god, drummer. you're All making right. this way more hard than our fans and it needs How's to that? be. How's okay, that? so All I'm Mendel. Hey, Ken. Hey, Mendel. I got an idea for a song. That is really good. What about we go speed picking? Oh yeah. To groove. To groove, yeah. To nice. speed picking. Yeah, speed picking. To solo. Yep. To end. To end. I like that. Um, as long as I can just go nuts on the drums for like the whole like three minutes, then we have a deal. 
we have a deal. There you go. And that's kind of what it feels like for the last three tracks of this album. I know people are going to be a little bit sad about it, but yeah. it just feels like, not that they're bad songs, because mm. like, let's be honest, this is an all-star lineup, but yeah. it does feel like these, the, towards the end of the track, they lose the imagination that songs like Restray Gore have, that songs like Cavernous Banquet have, that songs like Divine Impendiment especially film, have. The film clip they did for that one. Oh. So Especially we when they released a film clip for like track seven. It's like, really? Did you guys just forget you had like six other tracks before that? But you could see because it was the most imagine, imagination yeah. went into a song and it is a very good song. So they get a gold star, but not all the way colored in to the end with rainbows on it, Danny. Oh, man. Rainbow colored and gold star. That, that leprechaun must be freaking out, man. Yeah, you need a leprechaun, you need a unicorn for us to give you the full five stars. But that's okay because there's a lot of things to redeem this album with it as well. So let's go to vocal styles and Danny Sven de Kilry. Sorry, cannot pronounce his last name. Too excited to, to talk about this track. Yeah. Um, he's, he's just the greatest, isn't he? He's one of the best death metal singers or grindcore singers of all time. Yes. Oh, well, normally I'm not always the biggest grindcore fan, but this bloke here has such a, like, a unique tone that, I mean, look, if people are like melodic singing, you've come to the wrong album or band. Yes. So I wouldn't worry about that. But if you if you just want to experience a person who has unique tones and sounds and can create different sounds and tones depending on the type of song, the time of the song, yeah. um, to match instruments, to um, how he needs to emphasize certain words, is actually is actually quite impressive. I, I really I call it I call it the. Uh, T-Rex growl he can put in there and that's right it's like it's like he crushes cars with his voice like yeah. he's so big and it's just but you know what's also good is he can do a scream he can do a growl yeah. he can do those pig squeals he has everything in his arsenal but yeah he attacks every single track with different ways of vocal styles he actually does it differently and harmonizes double takes or double or triple you know quadruple Sven's and especially, oh, sorry, I'm going to stand up for Retro. Go, hold on, let me, let me, let me just do, hold on a second. He's, he's standing up, everybody. He's uh, walking back. He's Retro grabbed the Gorf, pillar. Retro Gorf, pure obsession. Retro Gorf, my CD collection. Oh, no. Oh, it's all over, people. Oh, no, he's put it down, man. Oh, no, my eye. Oh, sorry. When you hear the, 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 the first two minutes of Retro Gore, the, the second track, you just want to grab your loved one and smush their stupid face sitting next to you because he looks at me all the time like, Superman, Dad, you just shut up! But like, enough about my... Wait, 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 what did you say? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Is that Dan or Fred? Retro, retro Gore, so you're Ben. Uh, oh, ben, Ken. No, Ken. So Retro, yeah, look, and that's the thing. You, you cannot slam this album for vocal performance because... It is by far a showcase of what metal screamers can do when they decide to push themselves to the limit. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, I really agree. He's um, he's great. He's a bit of, the singer. He's been intense. I, rec- I remember uh, we I went up to him after the uh, when they played in Adelaide. When they played in Adelaide to the, our dying relatives. Yeah, to our dying relatives. We're all dying, man. It's just, just a oh matter my of god, life. that's heavy. Put it in a boarded song. Love it. <laughs> Retro gore. I am dying. <laughs> Yeah, I remember going out to him after the uh, the gig when he was just relaxing, watching. Uh, there was another band after them. Went up to him, shook his hands, like, "Hey, go, man, yeah, yeah." And he just kind of like death stared me. But Dude, I don't know if he was <laughs> hungry or pissed off to the fact that he's playing in front of three people because yeah. he was really angry. But he brought that on stage, so you know he always looks angry. Though. Even like in the in the in the, in the book jags. I mean, he shook my hand to be fair, so he was a cool, dude. But I I reckon he was actually looking like, gee, how can I turn this guy into like a um, bit of artwork in my cover? So oh. I started walking away when I saw that looking. But you know what? Man. If you follow him on Facebook, you know how cool he is of a guy. He plays UD games. He's like the coolest. So look, vocals. Oh, yeah. Better than a gold star. Get those unicorns on top of this star and they can be having sex with rainbows coming out of them because... Yeah. The yeah, Leprechauns would be happy with a pot of gold giving up that. Now, there's going to be an interesting one to do. The diversity of the album because diversity really means how they change it up. But obviously, when you talk about a grindcore or a death, core, death metal album, sorry, 
it's much harder to talk about. So let's talk about how they vary up these levels of intensity when they dial mm. it up. Danny, did this album for you get you listening from start to finish and it kept you interested the whole time? Uh, yes and no. I mean, like, the, the good thing about these blokes as well is that they do break up the songs with these little snippets of, like, films and et cetera. So that, that helps break yeah. things up. But look, you can't really do that on stage. So if they were to play this album throughout without doing those little quirky... Um, snippets. It's it, it goes. It's like a roller coaster. Starts great. Uh, two and three great. Four and five are okay. Then six, seven, eight great again. And the rest, it's it's down. I'm not to say it's um. Yeah, so the diversity there is not really fantastic in the sense of they they try to change the songs, but it doesn't always work. Sometimes they, on the last three songs, they they sound quite. But so what is it for this album, Danny? That you weren't too sure. But with Necronic Manifesto, it feels like for me they kind of kept the same kind of theme going. But before that, obviously, you brought a change that sounded a lot. You know, they almost sounded like death metal at times. You know, it was almost very easy to listen to. In fact, I'd probably say to a lot of fans that would be a good gateway album, some of the mid to early stuff. Mm. But what is it about this album, Retrogore, that separates itself from um, Necronic Manifesto? Ah, oh, look. It's hard to say. I mean, there's. Uh, oh, sorry, I see the hard questions, Danny, yeah, yeah. on such a such an amazing uh, podcast. But I don't know. Crown Fest just had just more risks, which was just outstanding. Um, which I mean, I guess we're talking about diversity here. It just this album here. It's they 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 rely a lot on just the great drumming and the the nice guitar playing, but. I, I, just don't, I, th- I just don't think there's much there. Yeah, the, the one thing that we need to, to clarify is what is a money riff? And for me and Danny, a money riff is that point in the album or the point in the song where it's like, I'll chuck your, my money at you because what you did was just write something that I can like make love to with my computer. But then more importantly, it really gives you the urgency to look forward to that riff. And this, song, and this is the thing about the album. The album in a whole, right, the songs are probably better than mostly on Necronic Manifesto. But when it gets later to the album, like you were saying, Danny, it just feels like they're running through the paces. And it might be wrong because um, a lot of people, this album's got a critical acclaim. We're, as Superman Brothers, are ostracizing ourselves from the middle community by saying it. But hmm. it's just lacks some of that creativity that some of the earlier tracks have. And when it gets in the other album, you really get to see how much it cha- you know the, their songwriting has changed. Unfortunately, again, it's good album. You're gonna love it if you're a Border fan. But if you're familiar with their work, you you know it might these these questions might pop in your head. Yeah, I mean, they do look to be fair. They do show good diversity. Like when it comes to track seven, their film clip track that was actually um it's quite it was a nice breakup. It that was awesome. A bit more of a um slower, more methodic approach. And yeah. they, they did it well, but a lot of times they um just go oh, they go hammer. Yeah, if you ever wanted to feel like well as BT molested by your favorite zombie, this would be the song to do it to. I think that's D- what the lyrics say as well, actually. They are. It's great, but you know we can talk about that till whenever. So let's talk about grooves. You know, we talked about diversity, vocals, and riffs. Now this is what the band does, and they actually incorporate on this album with some of the stuff they've done on the four is a different ideas of grooves, even for such a, a fanatical album. Yeah, no, Grooves, oh, look, the, the, again, they, they do have strong uh, songwriting skills and the guitarists really do have some really standout moments. And even the, the drum is fantastic. Oh. We, we we saw him warming up before the uh, University LA gig. He just goes practice pad out. And yeah, he, just he turns the couch into a pillow. He was doing these press rolls on his thing and this thing just shrunk. And, like, he deserved it. You know, it shouldn't have been in its way of the drummer. Like, it was so amazing. How good was it? Oh, yeah, I mean, his hands are like hummingbirds, man. Yeah. You, just, you can't even see him. It's a bit dark, but you still couldn't see him. It was, it was great. It, 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 was, it, was, it was great. And that's the thing. Like, you, again, you hear it's a lot, of, a lot of it's fast and frenetic and it's a lot of really cool ideas and drum lines. So, really, it gets your head bopping and stuff. But because yeah. some of the imagination some of those ideas 
towards the end of the album, it's a bit harder. But in saying that, though, really, when, when these guys are on point all together, mm. the, some of these songs are, like, amazing. So, what do you reckon? Yeah, no, look, uh, Groove, uh, yeah, it's it's there, definitely. Um, yep. Could be more there. Uh, again, is the, this, this album tracks, like, pre-track eight and after track eight. So yeah, absolutely. So, like, the, the jungle on every album is great. The riffs are awesome. You know, stuff like with the breakdowns in, like, Covenant Ignorance, for example, with that solo, they really break it down with some really cool, almost rocking um, guitars. A very simple line, you know? But then they obviously have the stuff, like, from Ca- uh, Canaveral's Banquet, where it's, like, a blast beat and so chaos, and, you know? Uh, so, it's all good. Like, it's all there. So, it's a, it's a tick. But, again, it's quite not quite what i thought i was gonna give it so let's let's put that all aside and let's give it an overall sound so let's look at production danny all these things combined together though with can you hear it does it sound good you know is it is it something that you can listen from start to finish uh is there sections there that come to what tell me what you think I think uh, overall, it, uh, it's still a fan, still a great album. I mean, these guys—they are great musicians, and you can definitely hear it. Each each musician brings something to the album, which is fantastic. Plus, Fran vocals always gives his own sound, his own feel to it. Same as the drums, always look. The drummer doesn't just rely on the same riff over and over again or the same standard drum beat. Yeah, he's a great diversity, and same as the guitar. Oh, that's the third. One of that D word. I can't say it again. Dude, I think makes you're up to four. five, man. No. I need to. Where's that? I've got to give you something. The D counter. Too yeah, bad, like, I'm seeing right across you from this amazing studio we're playing in. Oh, man, like I've got that two-inch glass of um, soundproof water, so you can't actually reach me, man. Oh, you know. We, we went all out on this. Because there are 95 facility. likes, man. i got this Rolex box that I can't hit you with, but I wish I did, but... There's two L's in that Rolex. What I need to talk about, obviously, with the production, you really know with this album, it is a good album. It's all there, and the way the production is is awesome because it does give yeah. it a bit of grit where it does sound like it's from a horror movie. Like some of these, even when they use a film by those clips, obviously, they are from horror movies. Mm. But some of the songs, like, they really do sound like they, they need to be in a death scene of your favorite Jason of Friday the 13th. In fact, if, if the Jason could talk... Did Jason talk in those movies? Uh, you know I don't watch horror movies, man. I cry. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, well, I if I wasn't so scared of horror movies, I would I'd assume that hey, Jason can't sing. But if he could talk, it would sound like this album. would be like, I'm going to kill you right out of your mashed potatoes. That's really cool. Mashed potatoes. So, you know, it, it is like production is not an issue. Like yeah. all these things coming together, this is an album that you're going to love or be like, meh too. Yeah. Or um, maybe thickest from the work of Satan. In that case, you know, stop throwing my CDs away, mum. Like it's just <laughs> really annoying. I just want to do a podcast. So Yeah, I understand. We're just trying our best here, you know. It's just hard. You so, you know, you made Daniel cry. Thanks. Oh, I always cry. I was about the horror movie again. I was like crying. So, in all, with all these five things to, to say about it, this one comes with a recommendation, but it does come with a disclaimer. Danny, disclaimer. is that what you kind of agree? What's the disclaimer? Well, for me, I don't know what your disclaimer is, Matt. Yours is about keep it above the waist. That's but for right. me, my disclaimer is, look, if you're going to get an aboard album, you can probably start on this one here, but don't listen to their last album, uh, Necrotic Manifesto, before this album. Yes. Necrotic Manifesto is just quality. So maybe start on this album before you listen to that one. Well, I think that's a good point, Danny. I think if you're an Abortive fan, then I don't know why you didn't own this album because it's more of what you love, you know. Oh, yeah, um, it's still great. Yeah, but bands getting into Abortive, though, I would suggest that you start... Actually, this is a good starting point because it's still quite catchy. But if you're not into this kind of heavy stuff, go make sure you... You go into the mid-catalog because that's kind of a good gateway to the newer stuff. But if you want to hear what we're talking about with Money Risk, go check out Necronic Manifesto and see what we mean with some of those really iconic moments that we got lucky mm. enough to see live. So maybe we have a more of a romantic affliction to it. But in the end of the day, 
this album was a, was uh, mostly good, but uh, it would mostly come with a bit of a warning label to that sense. But uh, you know what? If you're a grindcore and a, a deathcore or that kind of core fan, like Applecore fan, <laughs> do it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you gotta give props to this band as well. Like every two years they release an album. Absolutely. So if you want, if you want to listen to the back album. You have to buy at least twelve albums, which all released like in the last two years. Yeah. So it comes. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, each each song goes for like a minute, so you you hear all those songs like during your commercial breaks. Yeah. But so I guess overall, you know, check it out at least at least check out the intro to track three, uh, cadaverous cadaverous banquet. Mm, I'm sure. And some other stuff as well. You know, uh, you know, if you really love the heavy stuff, cover the ignorance. If you really love. Uh, riffs, you know, classic aborted, Hormageddon. Great, great track. Great, great, <laughs> name. great name. Great <laughs> name, you know. Um, or, or, you know, just have a laugh, retrograde. That is, Danny, that, that verse is so catchy. They should play it in kindergartens and teach kids right. Yeah, they could actually like be new sirens on cop cars, man. Yeah, you know, wheels in the bus go round and round. Retrograde, putrid obsession, retrograde, maniacal possession. It's so catchy that you're putting in an advert. Oh, man, I can't stop dancing to it, man. It's great. So there you go, guys. That's our thoughts and feelings about the new album from uh, Aborted called Retro Gore. Danny, and that takes us to the end of our second, can you believe it, Super Metal Brothers podcast. Uh, I, I can't believe it because my watch is starting to beep on me. But it's been a, it's been another great show, I think. Uh, I I'm, I'm, might be objective biased, but I think we've done a really good show. Oh, well, I think you are biased. But what's more important is that you guys had a great time with us. You know, we've really enjoyed doing this podcast. We'll be back next week. Spoilers for next week. We're actually spoiler. going to be Ooh. talking about, obviously, the headline news, a new feature presentation, which we might leave up to you viewers. That's right, you're watching this on your uh, SoundCloud. But the latest album from Killswitch Engage called Incarnate. Oh, yes, who are, yes. Killswitch is a, a band which has inspired many youth, uh, draws in good crowds here in Adelaide. And uh, yeah, they're just one of those classic bands where I think they're very accessible to all types of people. Yeah, well, with the second album with the return of Jesse, this has had a lot of polarizing opinions. And, you know, I'm sure you guys, the 95 of you out there, really want to hear what we have to say about it. So, until next week, I am Super Metal Brother Matt. I am Dan. And we are the Super Metal Brothers. Check you out next week. You hope you have a good one. And see you on the other brutal side. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you.